1: Welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm Vice President of Guildhall Wealth, joined by Jerry Coria, longtime veteran associate here at Guildhall. And this is The Real Money Show. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. And today we're going to be talking about the smart money. What is the smart money doing these days? Are they getting into real estate? Are they getting into assets? Are they continuing to buy the stock market? We will find out. In fact, let's jump right into that, Jerry. Um, you brought a great article by Sovereign Man. He's something. Uh, he's a. a a writer that we follow often here on the show. We also put a lot of his articles into our newsletters and he just has a great point of view. What, what was he talking about in this current article?
2: Well, it really addresses the stock market and we get that question a lot here at Guildhall. We have obviously clients who are you know leaving the stock market and have questions about remaining in the stock market and remaining stand pat uh, in, with regards to their portfolios. But he addresses the frothiness of the stock markets, the share markets globally, and what smart money has been doing and what moves they've been, they've been making.
1: So when we when we talk about frothy, we're talking about the fact that the P/E ratios are
2: out of control,
1: but yet people continue to to move into the stock market, right? Right,
2: right. So he addresses this uh, in the article. Smart guys are heading for the exits. People like Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. And his charity have sold $1.87 billion. Amazon's Jeff Bezos has sold $6.7 billion in 2021. Just before the Bill Gates and Melinda Gates divorce, they sold off massive amounts of shares. Not surprised. Not surprised at all. A couple weeks ago, Larry Ellison of Oracle sold just about half a billion dollars worth of stock. So smart guys are heading for the exits. And so he's saying... Our smaller investors are still piling into overvalued markets, price-to-earnings, as the name suggests. It's a company's, uh, It's a ratio measuring its share price relative to its per-share earnings. The average price-per-earnings ratio in the S&P 500 is 44, which is about three times the historic average. It's only been higher two other times, just before the 2000 crash. And just before the 2008 crash so
1: the earnings ratios on these stocks in the major indices are at levels that you don't see unless you are in extreme bubble territory is that correct it is indicating that they're overvalued yes in bubble territory for sure so now I'm gonna push back a little bit on on the rich getting out of the market how do we know that that's, that that's a large portion of their portfolio that they're pulling out? I mean, they're obviously pulling something out. That in and of itself is an, is an important thing to, to witness and say, okay, I'll take note of that. You're taking some serious profits off the table. But is it, is it, do you think it's a large portion of their portfolio that they're pulling out? Are they really starting to, to get out of the market and out of the way of something? Or are they just being cautious?
2: I think a bit of both it's speculation uh for us to determine why and what reasons they had for selling i guess you know for bill and melinda gates they had their own reasons as to why they're selling majority if not all of their shares in microsoft and other 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 companies so that's it's speculative but it's more the trend is your friend the trend
1: is there these billionaires are pulling money out of the markets for some reason or other and that's really that's all we know. And that's what we can point our finger
2: at and say, look, they're pulling money out of the market. Are you doing the same? It's exactly it. It's, it's analyzing trends. And they're not forecasting that a market crash is imminent. But at these valuations, is it wise to take some money off the table? That's a good question to ask.
1: Sure. And I think anyone who's also reasonable should, should say, okay, well, what are the chances that the Dow or the NASDAQ could double from here? Right after ten ten plus years of gains, now look at where it is. Okay, can it go to sixty thousand points? Is that where the end game is? Is it going to double from here? Is it going to go up only another twenty five percent? At what point do we look at these these markets and say, oh, there's going to be a lot of volatility? I I know, in in our market, Jerry, there's discussion of, okay, well, the market could actually keep rising because of hyperinflation now it won't be keeping up with inflation but it will continue to rise so in that sense it's a market distortion because you're seeing let's say for example a stock is rising at 15% a year but the inflation rate is is let's say in because we're moving into what could be crisis territory let's say inflation's above 8% let's say it's close to 10% okay that's a gain of 5% a year and the tax man's going to come and take a portion of that how far ahead are you is is going to be the question. So I think we have to also be aware
2: of market distortions which are caused by money printing. That's right. Various counterparty risks are out there and you know as investors even stewards of money and wealth for future generations it's very important to determine if it's a good move you're making if um you know just the simple Benjamin Franklin system of decision making pros versus cons. Add them up. Does it make sense uh, to be in the stock market at ten-year, ten-year all-time highs without any correction? When we saw a little correction prior to COVID, but this is uh, nothing has disappeared. Nothing has changed since 2008. In fact, more debt has has been the the main variable that has changed um, up trillions since 2008, and uh, more trillions to come. I think that
1: probably what we're most dealing with here is the mania of it all that that there's no sound money, that there is all this distortion. So it's very difficult to have a sense of real have a sense of realism about the market and be able to have a sane approach to the market because it's all gone insane. Mm-hmm. It's all completely insane. Excessive, yeah. It's com- it's all excessive and there's there appears to be no consequence personally as someone in the precious metal market looking at all of the money printing you say where is the consequence well we can see it now with inflation mm-hmm. you can you can see it we've talked about it but the fact that they're just going to continue to print no consequence in in the way they're doing it just go to the central banks get the money thank you very much let's just borrow and borrow and borrow and this is not good for for the economy as a whole eventually and you have to protect yourself somehow
2: Inflation is there. Everyone is seeing the inflation. The only people that won't address this is our governments, the Fed's their gauge of showing us inflation, their CPI data is a farce, knowing that they don't include things in their basket of goods such as food, energy, and now housing. We're not we're not gauging real prices here. So we're being, you know, lied to. We have to we have to call it Call a spade a spade. We're being lied to, and for what reasons, you can speculate. But we have to do something about it. Prices are moving up, or 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 people don't want to come forward with to stand up for a, an
1: opinion. Mm-hmm. So they're just following along. It's not necessarily that they're looking to lie. They're just saying, look, this is what I see, and this is how it how it feels. Um, but there there seems to be zero anchor. In the next segment, let's talk about some other things that we're seeing in that regard. Real estate, for example, uh, RBC has uh, re-edited all of their scenarios for the outlook of the real estate market. And there was a good article out by Spencer Fernando. He's, he's a conservative author. And what's really interesting about this that you're going to want to stay tuned for is they actually go through some research about how how better off people may have been – if they never lifted the gold standard in 1971 wow. so so that's very interesting you're going to want to stay tuned for that in the meantime if you're looking to get involved in the physical precious metal market we can think of no better company than to contact guildhall wealth we've been in the business for uh, almost 20 years dealing in physical precious metals all LBMA approved product. What that means is it's all globally recognized product of the highest quality, and we can assist clients to purchase direct. You can take it home, uh, store it yourself. You can uh, acquire product and have it stored in an IROC approved insured vault facility, which is outside the banking system. Or, you know, if you're not happy with the gains that you're making in your registered accounts, like an RSP or a TFSA, you can also directly own physical precious metals in a registered account like an rsp tfsa Lif, riff lira etc just contact us we'll show you how it all works it's very simple and the price is right it's very uh it's very competitive to just buying it direct and i think you'll be really happy with what you see there the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com
0: you're listening to the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto you are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one
1: silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. We've sort of just been talking about in the last segment uh, that the stock market has sort of left the realm of reality and following the trends of the smart money, certain investors, uh, billionaires are taking money off the table and we can just look at that as a trend to say, okay, are they, are they looking at this for other reasons? Is it just simple, let's take the money off the table for the sake of it? Uh, do they have divorces they have to deal with? Or when we put it all together, we say… Well, they're clearly taking profit, and that's the trend. And we're going to show you later on in the show with some other articles that we have brought that there are some very smart investors out there that are moving into physical assets like gold and silver. But, you know, Jerry, as we've watched over the course of the year and the amount of money that's been created by central banks… We see the distortions even clearer today than we've seen over the last decade. You know, for example, when we saw quantitative easing one, two, three, where it was just this constant flood of money and you knew that there were going to be consequences down the road. The consequent, one of the biggest consequence was that they had to keep interest rates low to cover the payment on it, right? To, to be able to, uh, take care of those payments. They said, okay, we're just going to have to keep the interest rates low. But the debts have just continued to grow and grow, and and servicing that debt has become harder still, even at the lower interest rates. So so we know going into this idea of, well, the, the Fed's backed into a corner. Do they raise interest rates and cause a, a taper tantrum? Do they keep printing money and just throw us at the wolves in terms of inflation? We'll find out. But one of the things you're starting to see is this yearning for soundness, a yearning for logic and reason. And Spencer Fernando just put out a great article. Now, he's a conservative writer, um, and uh, it's, the title is, Canada must return to sound money. The more our currency is divorced from any tangible reality, the more distorted and broken our economy will become.
2: What do you think of that title? First of all, he hits the nail on the head that title is a very strong and probably the, the biggest argument for Canada's economy going forward, I think.
1: He says that there is a sense that it is real in terms of money, and that it's based on something, and that it's because human nature believes that money gener- that there's generally a reward with it, um, that you must be generated by activity, and that it must be something real and tangible. However, the actual production must be generated by human action. Money itself is increasingly divorced from that reality. In other words, when the government just goes ahead and just creates it out of thin air, you lose that that intimate connection with build, creating value. With work. With work mm-hmm. and the return that you should get for that. And the minute you decide, I'm going to skip that and go to my backyard with my magic printing press and just invent it out of thin air you're going to run into problems and the idea is that there's going to be market distortions and that's what fiat currency is it's money by decree now this article goes on to quote another article that was put out by zero hedge jerry where they did a study on what would have happened if they didn't lift the gold standard in 1971 and the report posits that if post 1973 productivity growth had continued at its pace from the previous 25 years incomes would have been up 58% higher in 2013 and the median household would have had an additional $30,000 of income mm-hmm. so again what this is saying is that if they didn't lift the gold standard and they just continued to be productive with their with labor then Everyone would have had much more money in 2013. Now, to me, that makes perfect sense because when you have a printing press and you're inventing money out of thin air, that doesn't get dispersed evenly amongst the population. Ironically, it's the socialists and the far left that want everything to be even across the board when it's... Completely not the truth you're gonna print the money and pay for this and pay for that skim it all off the top and the rich get richer the poor get poorer the middle class gets hollowed out eliminated yeah. and you wake up one day and you're living in Cuba yep did it is that about right yep right so what's the what's the vestige well we know wh- how do you pre- prevent that what's the protection well we know that that Alan Greenspan has said in the past that the only thing that's going to protect you against that something that's nailed down is a hard asset like gold and silver specifically gold and that's why central banks own gold as well.
2: Huge trend. I mean, this is a this is a massive trend on of Canadians looking for honesty back into the system uh, in, in an in an era in the season where we're just being lied to left, right and center, Canadians are starting to ask about sound money.
1: And the article goes on to say that um That they talk about an uneasy – an uneasiness being felt in the United States amid immense money printing and the big surge in government spending. And I think that makes sense And just in terms of people have seen enough of it. They've seen enough of this incredible amount of spending and money creation and they're saying, well, how come I'm being affected negatively by all that? And it just becomes that much more real. And in Canada, it's far worse. We've talked about this in the past, but that the fact that the Canadian, the Bank of Canada, has printed four hundred and fifty-six percent more money per capita than the next central bank underneath it, which would be Bank of Australia, Federal Reserve, Bank of Japan. It's as if the the Bank of Canada wants to quickly catch up to to the lost decades of Japan.
2: Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing that right now. Uh, the Bank of Canada is printing. $3 billion a week. Insane. In
1: 1970, the Canadian government printed $5 billion. In 2006, they printed $50 billion. And in 2021, they printed $500 billion. You want to talk about a trend, there is a trend. You want to talk about a reason to protect your earnings, your value. And this is really the key. Because when you don't know what something is valued... Then how do you protect yourself? Mm -hmm. How many times have you had a conversation, Jerry, where you said, "What's the value of the Canadian dollar?" Mm -hmm. What's the typical response?
2: Well, majority of Canadians see the value of the Canadian dollar in the lens of the U.S. So the U.S. exchange rate, which is what 1.2, right? And then they'll say, "You'll say, okay, well, what's that worth?" Even further,
1: and it's oh, um, I don't know. Okay, well, what backs the U.S. dollar? Uh, I don't know. Right, so. We have two non-anchored fiat currencies revolving around each other and a bunch of other floating currencies, and we're trying to figure out what the value of it is. It's like trying to figure out two ships in the night in the middle of the ocean that are not anchored. And it's and it's cloudy outside, mm-hmm. and all we know is that they're anchored together, but they have no idea where they are, and that's what the current fiat system is. And so that's why you can get away with so much distortion and so much money stealing out from under people without their knowledge because no one has any sense of measurement.
2: And it's so easy to do. I mean, people are on their own to learn about sound money and what money is, what money is not. Canadians and typically all citizens of the uni- of the world are not educated as to what money is and what money is not. This is uh, this is a phenomenon that you know needs to be addressed. What money is, and what money is not, and uh, no- to no surprise, people are slowly waking up.
1: Let's go on with this article. I'm just going to read a portion of it. It says, after the massive surge in spending we've seen and the debt piling up at all levels is something that a central bank should be discouraging through higher interest rates. Instead, the Bank of Canada kept interest rates extremely low, in effect enabling fiscal irresponsibility at all levels. This is something that every central banker would complain about: uh, the misuse of, of funds, the misallocation of investment, all of these things. And they know that this is going to be the response to their print, to their money printing. They just don't seem to be able to do anything except jawbone and just assume that the rest of the public, who are who for the most part are naive about the money system. And that's probably by design. Because I don't remember learning about it in grade nine. I remember reading The Wealthy Barber, right? Uh, which made sense when interest rates were six, 7%. You were like, Oh, I can take advantage of compound interest. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to see him write a book today, right? (laughs) Well, what do you, what's, what's your answer now to compounded interest? I bet his, I bet his response today would be, uh, go take a chance, go buy some real estate, Mm -hmm. go, uh, you know, go search for yield. And, uh, by the way, have you tried cryptocurrencies? Because they're on fire. I mean,
2: get your lottery tickets.
1: Obviously I'm being facetious, but that whole idea of you only live once to me comes directly out of this irresponsibility by central banks and it comes back down to they would never they just don't want to see the economy have the pain of the hangover and so it's just getting worse and worse and worse. We didn't deal with 2008 and now we're going to deal with whatever the last year has been. Right Now, if our currency was actually linked, this article goes on, to something tangible, it would impose restraint without the need for endless intervention. And what's nice about that, and if anyone studies precious metals in this regard, is, is gold is not the answer to everything. There would still be booms and busts, but they're much quicker. They're much more shallow. And it's much easier to pick up and deal with it and move on. One of the tenets of of the central banking issue is that you go from having, you know, if some bank in the middle of America in the 1870s went bankrupt because of some bad investments, it didn't affect the rest of the banks around the the country. Mm -hmm. Once you tied them all together and with a string of dominoes, all of a sudden the smallest, you know, butterfly effect—the smallest bank out in in Iowa—could all of a sudden affect the entire financial system. So how do you get back to the sense of normalcy? And it it feels like the answer is really personal responsibility and saying, well, I'm gonna make sure that I put my wealth somewhere where it can't just disappear.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, having that independence from all of the financial madness and all of the things that just don't make sense, um, trusting your gut and disconnecting your wealth from runaway currencies, debasement of currencies, monetary and fis- fiscal irresponsibilities, we have to find something, that tangible asset that is decoupled from all of the risks, and that is physical gold and silver, ladies and gentlemen. With physical, it doesn't rely on management teams to perform quarterly results. Uh, if they're hitting, they meeting the street or beating the street, uh, gold is independent from, from these risks. And more than ever before, We need to be independent with the way we manage our wealth.
1: So very quickly, this goes on to say, alternatively, if if there were fixed limits on how much money could be created by the Bank of Canada in a given year, there would at least be some sense of scarcity, which is essential to the creation of value and stability. I love that. I love that. In the absence of either of those, we end up with... What we end up with is money completely divorced from any sense of tangibility or reality, which starts to influence our thinking in very negative ways. Calls for things like universal basic income wouldn't be happening if there was a scarcity and tangibility imposed on our currency. Only in a world where money can be endlessly created out of thin air would people feel entitled to a constant and large payment from the state without having worked for that money. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. And the only way you're going to protect against that type of thinking Mm -hmm. and the destruction of just creating money out of thin air like that is to make sure that you take your hard-earned wealth and you put it somewhere where you know it's going to maintain its value. Now, gold has done that for 20 years plus. It's done it through thousands of years of history, of monetary history and inflation you know gold right now we're just moving over the 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 neutral line moving into profit territory the year, on yeah. the year uh silver's about the same and i think that that's actually an incredible opportunity given the amount of inflation out there and the amount that gold and silver will be running over the next few years let's talk about where they could potentially potentially be going over the next few years so you can get a sense of what this hedge will actually look and feel like as part of your portfolio. The number 18778Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. You've been listening to the Real Money Show on
0: Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Real Money Show. The number, 1
1: Silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com. Today on the show, we've been talking about watching some smart money billionaires pulling money out of the stock market. We started to look at the illusion of money printing and the distortions it creates. Throughout the markets And even the distortions in the way people think Where they decide I deserve this You guys are printing money I deserve my, noth- "I deserve a free lunch mm-hmm. But there is no such thing as a free lunch How With Guildhall, Jerry Would someone get involved in the physical gold and silver market And protect their wealth?
2: Well first you have to get in contact with us Have a you know consultation A quick phone call to address some of the concerns That you have uh, there are many reasons why people buy gold, but it really stems from distrust—distrust uh, distrust in the currency, the country, whatever, you, whatever the case may be. But there is an issue of trust, and based on that scale, uh, we decide how much is, is wise for you as an investor, your age, things like that. Um, you know, we talk about the silver to gold ratio. What's a good buy? So, ultimately, it's really about learning about uh, you know where you're coming from, building a relationship, which builds trust and rapport. And uh, up to, up to the day of acquisition, um, it's a very very good process. I really enjoy the process of understanding the psyche of people, and you know, meeting meeting people that you know sound like us. It's great. I mean, it's a growing trend of you know people moving away from the typical the stock, bonds, cash approach, and a lot of questioning happening with governments. So it's a very exciting, exciting uh, field to be in. Uh, this niche of precious metals—it's a very not only just a wise thing, but it's a very interesting market to be involved in.
1: Sure. Also, the silver street uh, or the silver bets, uh, Wall Street bets, and the the silver Reddit crew—they're still going, and the silver it's still, squeeze is on. the silver squeeze is still on. They're having a major impact on the market. Uh, I, I saw something the other day showing that there's more product now in. Uh, ETFs than at the COMEX, which is huge. That just shows you where the market's headed. Now, in terms of prices, is it about price or is it about main, maintaining wealth?
2: What is it for your clients, and what is it maybe for you as well, Jerry? It begins with protecting wealth. You're you're setting up a hedge against, you know, the possibility of things getting worse and worsening inflation. So initially, we're setting up a hedge your wealth insurance. We're laying that foundation with some physical gold, physical silver that you can tangibly hold in your hand and call it your own and call it your kids and call it you know your family's wealth. And then we start talking about fundamentals. Right now, gold and silver as an investment remain below 1% of assets held globally. If that merely doubles to 2%, still an incredibly low number you have just double demand for something that is extreme that has extremely limited capacity and pretty much diminishing to expand so in economics 101 equation of supply demand and price that leaves but one variable price it leads to higher prices with with tremendously. We're seeing extremes on the low side of supply and extremes of um, demand and smart money, especially we talked last week about Basel III rules. Things are changing with the global heads of central banking. They need physical gold, not unallocated gold. So supply and demand, it's going to be massive on price. You know, I I had a a conversation with uh, a client uh,
1: yesterday and he said um oh i I feel like i i've I missed it a little bit or I got in a little too late and i said no you're you know you've gotten into this market late when you can't buy it at all, and we've seen that twice within the last twelve months, right, where there was a period where y- you just didn't have any product available, and I truly think that that's what we're going to see more of in the future, which is you know whether the stock market is going down, and there's a mad rush out of out of uh, risk on assets and, and a mad dash into risk off assets, where people have decided, oh, okay, now now that the fi- now that the building's on fire, I better go get the insurance. It's going to be one of those situations where now you've showed up at the door. I want to go get my gold. There's nothing to sell. There's no product there, or or we could get find ourselves in a situation. Like owners of lumber yards where they're saying, why should I sell anything? I can make more money sitting on my, on my inventory than I would trying to sell it and, and replenish the inventory. And I think those days are ahead of us as well. So I don't think anyone is late to any party, but in terms of where the prices are going, let's throw some numbers out there.
2: Well, we're looking at a forecast for 2021, and we had we, we looked at from Bloomberg, Bloomberg to various banks, and we all see silver north of $30. Um, and this is just you know being you know coming from conservative banks who normally just like to overvalue their share prices. But the trend is is that these banks have to get on board and get on the silver train, get on the gold train, and you know forecast higher gold and silver prices. And and everyone is citing inflation. So this, this is the major uh, reasoning for higher gold and silver prices is, you know, when you continue to print and you have a very ultra low and easy monetary policy around the world, you have global central banks racing to debase their currency. Gold and silver are, are, have a positive correlation with inflation. So, you know, just make doesn't make any sense to be in anything but precious metals at this moment.
1: Well, let, let's look at where some other prices could go, okay? We talked about the fact that we're at neutral, right? We're in the black. Mm-hmm. Gold and silver were under for a while based on the fact that they had such great gains last year that from a technical perspective, let's let's be uh, – let 's be industry apologists for a moment from a technical perspective, they had to come back, fill in the gaps you know silver silver ranged from you know high twenty three to high twenty seven and just kind of you know moved about in that four dollar range. Gold had to retest sixteen seventy five a couple times and then boom it's it's moved up from there okay, so here we are i mean it's gold's moved up like two hundred dollars in a month or something like that it's been really quick. But now that we're at zero, essentially, if we were to move up, you're generally speaking, let's say, 20% from there, which I think is more than reasonable. You'd be looking at a $380 gain or bringing gold up into the high 2200 range, and that's in U.S. dollars. Now, if we were to just maintain the 67 to 1 ratio gold to silver, I know we're kind of throwing out a lot of numbers here, that would put silver only at $34 an ounce. Mm. My problem with that is I really feel that – There's a sort of a trench line here on silver that if we break that $30 range, and maybe even if we start to tick up close to it in the 29 range, right? Maybe it's sort of the psychological aspect of $30 an ounce is really the high 28s. You get up to 28.75, it's, oh, boom, we're already at 29, which means, oh, we're already at 30. You break that line. And just like we saw from the 18 to 31 move, we don't know how far that could take us. Now that could be very exciting where it lands in the end i think it doesn't matter it's going to be a positive for us so if it went up to 42 and came back down to 34 you'd say hey you know spot price move from 26 dollars to 34 in a year that's a that's a pretty good pretty good gain in a year it could be much higher we just don't know i think what people have to decide is are you doing it for fundamental reasons and the long gains to be had Based on all of the fundamentals that we talk about, or are you just getting into the market because you're hoping for some sort of bang-up price crazy rise over a short period of time? We'll talk about more of that in the next segment. Also, we'll get back to some more predictions in the market, fantasy versus reality, and also canadian real estate market and the fact that they've started to look at some of the scenarios and they're changing their ideas on where the market could if it could go up if it could go down you'll know in the next segment the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com this is the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto we'll be right
0: back you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio six forty Toronto. Welcome back to
1: the Real Money Show, the number 18778 Silver, the website, Guildhallwealth.com. Thanks for sticking through the show. We've got a lot more to discuss right now, specifically don't roll your eyes. Inflation. But there's good news at the end of, of this, this quick talk. Just prior, we were talking about fantasy versus reality in terms of money printing and this need that we we do believe that people are going to decide one day, you know what, enough of this delusionary madness. We need to get back to some sort of sense of sanity. And that's certainly where some of the major pundits of the gold and silver market are aiming down the road. They think that, you know what, the pendulum will swing from these days of – the illusionary fiat currency system, to to one where you're going to need that backing of some way to create um, just a sense of normalcy in in the markets, that people will beg for that down the road. you think so too, Jerry? Absolutely. So in terms of uh, what we're seeing right now, this just nonsensical reality that we're living in, where banks are just printing money... doesn't matter what the reality is of the whole thing. It does lead to problems in the real world, and one of those big problems that we're seeing happen is obviously inflation.
2: Mm-hmm. And this what this major topic was addressed by Crescat Capital. So they, they're a global macro asset management firm. So they look at the bigger picture, and they released their May research letter, which was titled The Three Pillars of Inflation. This paper goes really into depth on the inflation that we might we might expect to see in the U.S., which obviously will be seen here in Canada, uh, but via the effects on the U.S. regardless. And they write, We strongly believe investors will want to get positioned now for the great rotation, which is being catalyzed by three macro drivers of inflation, all firing, firing in sync today. So that thought of t- inflation being transitory, total bust. This is the first. <laughs> the, the first uh, inflationary um, uh, driver is demand pull when demand surpasses supply. Higher prices are a result. Cost push when price increases from production and monetary debasement when too much money printing and ultra easy monetary policy.
1: Sounds like a perfect storm. So this
2: is the, the, exactly the three pistons moving in tandem uh, on inflation. So. They talk about this development that has started to also take place, which is called the Great Rotation. And as a result, they foresee capital beginning to move, which has begun actually to flow out of expensive, long-duration growth equities and fixed income into a narrow group of tangible commodities in scarce supply and high demand. So what do they think investors should be doing about this inflation coming up? Tangible, low supply, high demand? Hmm. I think that sounds like, well, silver, exactly. Silver right now is their single most important asset as a firm, as this person writes from the firm, as we are focused on. If we had to boil down, this is their forecast, our entire macro thesis into one position, it would be undoubtedly that once silver breaks above $30, we believe we're going to see an explosive move higher into new highs. And they have outlaid a bunch of technicals, as you know. I love technicals, but this one specifically addresses that early that we are in the early phase for precious metals. So don't think that we've missed the boat, or you know how much how much topside potential do we have? We have amazing topside potential because there is a chart which is the Philadelphia Gold and Silver Index to S and P. It's now breaking out from an important resistance, and it looks to be resuming an upward trend. So the trends for silver are phenomenal when we talk about supply and demand, uh, s- uh, silver to real estate ratio, silver to S&P ratio, um, how it relates to the real the real yields, everything right now, the trend is our friend in silver and Crescat Capital knows this and they're addressing this and they're advising all of their clientele, to, hey, we should be looking at silver. Very yeah, exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, um, that is very exciting stuff. And part of that is, is you know, when. You can't learn that much about this market just by following the price. And right, what you were talking about at the very end, this idea of calculating how many ounces of silver to buy a house, how many ounces of silver to buy the Dow, how many ounces of silver against the debt. That gives you a sense of the value of that commodity, right? We, we usually do it in gold, and then we would go gold-silver ratio and then figure out where we are. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. And I think down the road, people are going to be looking at all of the reactions of the money printing and all of the, the delusions it's caused and figure out, okay, what do I do now? How do, how do I get out of this now? And what we're trying to say is you should be getting out of it now. <laughs> Not not waiting till the panic happens and not waiting till you realize that this was all just castles of sand, that it's time to get into those hard assets to really protect your wealth. Because when it all starts to fall apart, that is where you're going to be making a lot of money. Now, people have been making a lot of money in the precious metals all along. You know, the, these markets are up. What, 600% in the last 20 years? Um, it's averaging something like 11% in gold over the last uh, 15 years. And of course, in the last couple of years, it's been into the high double digits. Same thing with, same thing with silver. And given the amount of money that's been created over the last year, there's no reason to say that that pace won't actually increase from here.
2: So many variables to cause cause a a spike in gold. Yeah, it's going to be steady. It's been steady, twelve percent versus every major currency year over year. We have many variables, many headwinds, and and predominantly it's that it's that debt. You know, when you have um, you know the debt, a a thing called the debt ceiling. Debt is very important, and that debt ceiling in the U.S. uh, will have to be addressed coming up next uh, in in a couple months. In July 31st, they're going to be raising the debt. Have to raise and kick the can down the road with the debt ceiling. But debt is something huge, and we're, you know, Biden is just releasing his six trillion dollar budget, so we're adding. uh, The U.S. debt is about twenty-eight trillion plus another six. That's thirty-four trillion debt-to-GDP ratio right now in the U.S. is over, it's going to be over 130%. You,
1: you can start to feel it. That, that
2: invisible line of confidence
1: in the currency is going to disappear very quickly. Shot. Uh, very quickly, before we get uh, to the end of the show, I wanted to jump out with this article from Better Dwelling. They're always tracking the real estate market. And RBC came out with uh, their a new a new scenario for the real estate market and basically they look at you know the base case the best case and the worst case uh, just want to quickly summarize it you can grab it off of our, our Twitter uh, we'll put it into the newsletter and essentially what they came up with okay they've rejigged all the numbers and uh, their best case is the market goes even higher their worst case is the market goes even lower than expected and their median case is that the market just kind of keeps going at an uptick of something like three percent a year or whatnot it didn't make any sense when you're looking at this Mm -hmm. until you realize of course it doesn't make any sense it's not supposed to make any sense all they're trying to tell you with this report is that they're expecting volatility
2: and they're covering all their bases right go up down (laughs) <laughs> or, or that's or right flat.
1: that's right if we were if we were analyzing this as if it was the gold market and it said well it, you know we've we rearranged our forecast and we think gold could go up another $400 it could fall down another $200 or if we just kind of stay pace with what we've seen at let's say 8% a year would be our median case you're you're sitting there saying well so what you're saying is you're expecting volatility i don't know if i was a real estate investor if that gives me confidence that's, that's my take on that.
2: Good point. That's, that's a great way to summarize it. Knowing that uh, you know, the, the stress tests have just been increased in, the, in, in Canada, uh, very difficult to get mortgages even further. Um, you know, they're forecasting some difficult times, and it's, again, it has to do with the debt.
1: So we've got physical product here at Guildhall. You can buy it direct. You can go to our e-store, guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You can even own it direct in a registered account like an RSP or a TFSA. And what that means is the product, you're physically buying that product. It's physically being stored in your own sub-account, which means it's completely segregated from all other holdings, and it's fully allocated to you. That is direct ownership of the product, meaning any given day, if you decide, you know what, I need to have that in my hands instead, I'm willing to pay the withholding tax, or if it's a TFSA, I just want to take it home, that can be done. And what you would get back is exactly what was on your inventory report. And I think even now, Jerry, we've been doing it for six years, and I think it's still a miracle that people can have this direct ownership of the market.
2: Get involved. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call, one eight seven seven eight silver Get your physical gold and silver in your RSPs, TFSAs. Get started now. You're not too late. This is a perfect time to get started. The website, guildhallwealth.com. This has been... Another
1: edition of The Real Money Show. Thank you so much for, for joining us and, and hearing all of the updates in the, in the market. And we look forward to speaking to you next week on The Real Money Show on Global
0: News Radio 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser.